Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Roll Film. This week, we could not be blessed harder down here in the sewers with two very special guests. I have a friend of mine who I've known for the last few years because of the beer industry, Aaron Newton. Aaron, can you say hi real quick? Hey, everybody. And I actually, I told you to say hi real quick, but that's fine. Um, oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. And we also have been blessed with Calabunga Corner herself, Michelle. Now, Michelle, I was able to get in here. Um, you were a trivia fact on the last movie that reviewed, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode three. Are you aware of this on IMDb? You're mentioned. No, I did not. Wait, um, a trivia fact. A trivia fact. So yes, on IMDb, you can go through and there's a trivia selection and you can go through just little nooks and crannies of whatever, which is I love, as John knows on this podcast, that's one of my biggest things. But it said, um, you purchased two heads from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Trolls movie for $3,800. And they named you specifically first and last name and the exact monetary amount. <laughs> Well, Leonardo was eighteen hundred, and Michelangelo was two thousand. So that's the right amount of money. That checks out so, yeah. because Michelangelo, in my opinion, is worth more. But that's just me. Leonardo was better condition when he arrived. Yeah, but Michelangelo is a party dude, so you know he's gonna be affected by that a little more. Yes, guys. Sorry, I had to do the intros of our special guests because I am so so beyond psyched that we have both of them here today. We are reviewing. The 2007 release of TMNT, literally just titled as so as the acronym goes, this does have a rating of PG and it has a runtime of an hour and 27 minutes. When the world is threatened by an ancient evil, the four adolescent turtles must reunite and overcome their faults in order to stand against it. Now, again, guys, this was 2007 and it was the very first movie uh, or representation of the turtles to be completely in cgi so it had a budget estimated of 34 million dollars opening weekend it only brought in 25.2 million dollars and worldwide gross to this date do not fret because they made all their money back to almost 96 million dollars uh yeah not too bad at all they not too shabby yeah. yeah not too shabby at all and I, i'll say that this has probably been the most successful to this point turtle that we reviewed because if you remember mutant mayhem didn't have any numbers when we posted it because right because yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's doing way better it's probably doing <laughs> great but I, I i do look forward to uh getting into the numbers of the michael bay releases so um <laughs> michelle i'm sorry i'm gonna have to go to aaron first what do the turtles mean to you and when did you really start getting into the tmnt lore i'd say grew up loving the turtles like played the uh video games read the comics watched like the original like 80s show growing up there was a period of time when i was i want to say maybe seven or eight where me and my friends were in the backyard playing the turtles, and I took a bunch of like hard plastic toys in a book bag, and ended up falling down and hurting hurting myself. Yeah, but love the turtles, always love the turtles, big part of my life. Up to this point, like real time here in 2023, not 2007. 
what has been your favorite representation of the turtles in cinema? Probably a tie between the first one from the nineties. I'll be honest. Mutant Mayhem might've been one of the best interpretations of the turtles so far. Like even the things that I didn't necessarily grow up with or things like, Oh, it's not the one turtles that I knew growing up. None of those changes seemed out of place. And they actually fall like teenagers. Yeah, uh, 100%, Aaron. And yeah, we definitely, John and I echoed that into the sewers uh, in our Mutant Mayhem review. But Michelle, definitely, same questions for you. What do the turtles mean to you? What got you into the turtles? John just sent me a video earlier of a Fred Willard uh, YouTube video (laughs) that got 10 million views with you about you in it. So I would say if anybody in the realm of turtles is a bigger fan than you, I want to see it. I want to know who that person is. So what do the turtles mean to you? What is your favorite so far representation of the turtles? I just wanted to say that I haven't been this excited for a guest ever. And I mean that genuinely like, Aaron, you're great. Don't get me wrong. But Oh, no, I I, I get it. (laughs) I get it. Yes. Trust me. So, Michelle, without further ado... Okay, uh, well, I got into Ninja Turtles by first seeing a toy at a friend's house, and it caught my curiosity. It was a Michelangelo figure, and that's what I was talking about when I described the toy on Netflix, the Toys That Made Us episode, when you could see me there. Then later that week, I saw the cartoon for the first time, and I was just hooked. At first, it was like any other cartoon I watched. It was just something I wanted to get home. I wanted the toys. That Christmas, I got all the toys. But then I started to read and started to learn to defend myself because of the inspirations for Ninja Turtles. I'm dyslexic. I was a first grade reader in fifth grade. My mom made me read the novel if I wanted to see the movie on opening day. So that was the first book I ever read. And then watching Casey Jones stand up against Tatsu inspired me to start standing up against my bullies. And it helped me in more ways than I can describe. And every time I started to fall out of Ninja Turtles, I ended up at an event where usually Kevin Eastman would be pulling me right back in to it. And I'm like, okay, I, I give up. This is this is where I am, and I love it. So, cowabunga! I love but, it. But uh, the Fred Willard thing, uh, that was totally obsessed in 2004. They were at my house for three days to film it. If you want to watch the making, watch Cowabunga Corner, episode 40, where my dad follows them around with a video camera while they were filming it. Uh, you're watching a character that they created, not exactly my real story, but it's still fun. You can laugh at it a lot. I do not live on a steady diet of pizza every day. We've dabbled a little bit in reality TV, too. I, I, we know that it's there, there's a, a bit of excitement. I've seen, the, you know, the toys that made us thing like that. But by the way, this is totally off topic, but the BLT pizza in Ohio is actually really good. I just want to say that like when you which when you, pizza place. Pizza Cottage is what it's called. And okay, Cottage Pizza? It's called Pizza Cottage, right, Greg? Pizza, yeah, oh. it's P- Pizza Cottage. There are several locations throughout Ohio, um, but they do have okay. a BLT pizza that is unparalleled to any other pizzeria place that I have seen to do a BLT pizza. I it's- was shocked when they told, when Greg was like, you got to try this pizza. I was like, no way, that sounds disgusting. And it blew me away how good it was. I gotta try the uh, uh, BLT pizza at the Green Lantern in Michigan. That sounds and cool, just because like, Green Lantern. Yeah, it's a it's the Green Lantern, and they got the BLT, and that's one of my favorite places. Uh, I also want to add in since we're covering the TMNT movie here. Did you guys know I worked on that movie? No, oh, no. What? <laughs> yes, 
I am a script consultant. I worked on it back in 2005. That's amazing. That is so, so awesome. And honestly, Michelle, I can tell you with 100% truth, the only reason why I asked you to do this is because you were mentioned in that IMDb trivia. I had no idea your background, okay? So, I knew who I she I'm... was. When you said the name, I was like, no way. Because of the other, I, I was like, she's not going to do this. But no, I mean, obviously we are beyond thankful for you to do this. So yeah, the, the last question before we start delving into this movie, what is your favorite version of the Turtles? It, it is the live action first 1990 movie. Yeah. Yeah. John, I'm sorry. You definitely talked the least out of everybody here. Um, Who cares? I'm yeah, nothing. I definitely don't. I'm just being nice. Um, yeah. so. I'm like the fifth turtle that never got made Kirby. Like no one cares about him, you know? Oh, Hey, all fans are equal. It's not about who you know, what you own, or where you've been. It's all about the passion, and that makes us all equal. Oh, my gosh. What is this ray of sunshine? That I don't know, but I'm getting that tattooed on me tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I could this is this is great. All right. Well, let's 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 get into this movie. Uh, let me set the stage for you. And in my life, I was in the middle of college. Hadn't seen Ninja Turtle stuff, I think, since the next mutation TV show kind of flopped. I was so pumped. And, you know, I was in a house full of other dudes who grew up with the Ninja Turtles. And it was Friday night. That movie came out. And, you know, we're college and we're like, let's go see the Ninja Turtle movie. We were so psyched. And I have to say, I walked out of there like huh, that was different, but I think I liked it. And the one thing I felt like saying today is that that movie walked so Mutant Mayhem could run. And my point being that it was different in a lot of ways. I, To be fair, I hadn't stuck with the comics. I was like, Karai, I don't, you know, obviously. And this really set the stage well for the Nickelodeon CG show that came later, which I really love. The voice acting was really well done. That's my overall first start to this. I know we got lots of people here. Let's kick it on over to Aaron. I agree with most everything you've said. Like, voice acting, great. I think they understood the main characters, like at least the turtles, well. But there's a lot of two of this movie that I just did not gel with. It was a lot of stuff. I'm just like, that was a weird choice. It more felt like it was... There was already a script there, and they threw in turtles into it just because, like, a lot of stuff you're like, okay, this makes no sense. Why would you do this? But I mean, overall, I'm like, still a fun time. There's still a lot of stuff to enjoy about it. I agree with that completely. I, I but I do, I, as a person who has not seen this movie until today, I thought that, look, you guys can have your shocked faces. But when this movie came out, I was either 16 or 17 years old, and I was doing oh, same other than, like, going to the movies and seeing an animated show. Like, it's about teenagers. Well, in this movie, I would not say that the personification of teenagers shines through. This this movie, to me, the, the, if they're a teenager, they're 19 going, like, a week away from their 20th birthday. Yeah, that's clear. <laughs> Right? Like, so to me, it's like, yeah, because why would you send a teenager to Central America? To me, the teenage thing, like we've talked about, does not get represented until Mutant Mayhem, I think. 
but I liked this movie. I thought it was a really good movie. I think I'm okay that I didn't see it in theaters, but I'm really glad that I watched this, especially with my future stepdaughter. She really liked it because she's been going through the turtle movies and she's loving them. But the animation was so good. Like I liked the animation in it. I liked the storyline. This is not a storyline that we have seen in any of the turtle movies that have happened. And I think that's what really pushes that away. Yeah, Leonardo was away and then he got brought back. Like, dude, everything about this to me was so original. And I think I liked it more because of that reason. Yes, I do like some of the Michael Bay stuff. I, I obviously, I love the 1990 and I love Secret of the Ooze and I love, 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 love Mutant Mayhem. And I agree with you, John. This walked so Mutant Mayhem could skate perfectly. But like... <laughs> I don't think that this is a bad movie at all. I mean, especially when you have an all-star cast of voice actors, not only great actors like Patrick Stewart and Michelle, uh, Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller, Sarah Michelle Geller, thank you, Chris Evans. I mean, in this whole onslaught of these very great voiceover actors, I mean, you've got Jim Cummings, you've got John DiMaggio, yeah. Tara Strong was in this at some point like this whole thing was done so 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 well especially for being 2007 and I hate to bring this up every single time we get to this point but I like the CGI in this more than I like the CGI in the flash um so <laughs> that cannot be the barometer for measuring every CG <laughs> have you guys seen the flash Aaron Michelle have you seen the flash no no I, I have not it's yeah, not. don't waste your money if when it comes the story on i like the story it's it's crazy and complicated but the cg hurts like wow all right michelle yep. we got to hear from you what are, you, what are your thoughts 100%. okay i'm not against or for this movie most of the time i've seen the movie 52 times in a the theater i feel like i agree that the turtles were thrown into another plot line where they didn't have to be they didn't have any reason to be at that final fight really it was Max's fight. He should have been fighting. Max Winters should have been fighting the generals. That was his battle, not the Turtles' battle to be at. The best fight scene in the movie is Raph fighting the Jersey Devil. Why did Great. the Turtles attack Bigfoot? It did not make sense. The writer, Kevin Monroe, is also the director, really just wanted Raph and Leo to fight. And that was the climax of the movie. Once you get past that point of the movie, the main plot of the Turtles is done. Here's my question for all three of you. Who won the fight, Raph or Leo? I was not asked first, but I'm going to answer first. <laughs> I actually think Leo did. I actually think Leo saw his brother and kind of, you know, he didn't want to keep fighting. You could tell he relented. I do think in most iterations, Raph is the strongest fighter. But I think in this time, I mean, Leo was kind of taking it easy on him when he thought he was just the night watcher. And I don't know. I'm also a Leo apologist. He's like my second favorite turtle next to Mikey. So that's my thoughts. Aaron, what about you? I'm going with Raph. This is Raph's movie. Raph has the redemption arc. Raph has the most approved. He is the one who, after the battle, who goes, oh, I messed up. I need to be better. I need to be part of this team and not be such a on-my-own solo maverick. I definitely agree with that. I think that Leo won. 
But I think Leo won in his mind because he set Raph up to fail emotionally. Yeah, Raph won that battle, but Leo won more than he did. Like it was it's the whole thing, like you may have won the battle, but I won the war. He he let Raph do what he did to realize that Raph is just too much of a lone ranger he isn't understanding that he needs to rely on his brothers not rely but work copacetically with his brothers in order to do this raft thought he won but then he didn't because even at the end of that battle he realized oh i just got played i really didn't win i'm an idiot i suck i'm gonna go back home to my rat father and like ask for forgiveness and tell him that I messed up you know what I mean like so it it was more than just like who won and who lost because it was a way bigger battle than that Leo made the decision to let Raph win is when the swords are caught you see him look at the swords and look back at Raph's face that's when he decides to let his blades get broken if he wanted to keep the fight going he would have let go of his swords at that moment and kicked Raph away from him picking his swords back up Boom. Oh, 100%. Both of them needed that fight to rap so he can learn to physically, like, okay, Leonardo's, he's back. He's the leader. I need to respect him. But Leo also needed to be like, hey, I need to allow Raph to sometimes do his own thing, learn from his mistakes, become part of the family again. When they came to me to work on this movie, they asked what's been done before, and I'm like, Raph and Leo have fought in every dimension of Ninja Turtles. It's overkill, and I'm actually tired of it. And uh, I told them, and this is my big change in the movie, that if they insist on doing this fight scene, Raph has to use his size properly for the first time and break the blades of katanas. So I am the reason that the swords are broken. That's awesome. That is cool. And that was a great scene. Look, I, I get that this seems like not a turtles movie and i guess for me that was cool i mean i guess in a way ninja turtles 3 is just kind of not a turtles movie as well it's trying well it's time travel i mean it's just it's i mean i mean oh 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 do you know your ninja turtle comic books at all not as well as you okay issue eight is time travel they go with renette to the past Yes. The Ninja Turtles have done time travel in every different dimension of Ninja Turtles. You always get a time travel and a space story. Right. But Ninja Turtles 3 focuses on the Turtles, and it's the first movie to give Michelangelo a story arc. While the 2007 movie focuses only on Raph and Leo fighting and doesn't give them a reason to be in the main fight. I agree that the character development in this one was nothing new and was lacking. I I was excited when April came to Leonardo in Central America and she started like describing what his brothers were doing because to see Donatello in tech support was awesome. I was like, of course he would end up there in a call center. That'd be perfect. I mean, and by the way, remote work, he was working from home way before COVID. So let's give some props to Donnie. And I'll say this. I, I look through a lot of these movies with nostalgia glasses and I probably was just turtle starved. That's why my house of, you know, 20 year olds were like, let's go see this movie right now because it meant so much to us. And we hadn't seen something turtles in a while. Now, I know I think that the 2003 series had already started, 
but I wasn't waking up at Saturday in the morning to watch cartoons because I was asleep. You're lost. I agree. I have watched it since. I have watched it since, and I've watched it with my son, and I was like, that series was awesome. With this movie in mind, what did you think about the roundup of all of these monsters? Did did you want to see more of it? Were you happy with the montage of them capturing all of the monsters? What would you have wanted to see more of? Or what would you have liked to have seen less of? The Turtles should have had more reason to be there. It wasn't their fight. So these monsters have been around for 3,000 years. And they've not been mentioned, like, throughout history. Like, and are they just, like, roaming around the world, causing mayhem? And people were like, oh, this is fine. They're just monsters. Can I, can I ask uh, a question before you keep going? Because that's a great point. And I was trying to look for it in this movie. Do they acknowledge why all the monsters are in new york city yeah john it's um it's out of convenience for the hour and 27 minute run <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I i'm not gonna sit here and defend this movie's like, plot I'm, I'm just saying like i was like watching it and my son literally was like my, my eight-year-old son was like why are the monsters there and i was like i don't know like are they drawn it's to the statues no in the script they're drawn to the alignment of the stars but that was cut from the movie. Just like, why is Leonardo hunting the Night Watcher? The reason isn't because he's a vigilante. It's because he's leading the police to the sewers. There is so much that was cut. Oh, my gosh. So there could have been a, a, a plot that made sense. A little bit more sense. Still not as much sense as they needed. The, some of the deleted scenes are better. Like Ninja Take gives Michelangelo and Donatello more scene in the movie. And I would have loved to have seen that other than being a deleted scene. But the, the real question is, how intelligent are these monsters, and why aren't the turtles trying to figure that part out instead of just attacking them? The uh, monsters are being reported to attack animals. They're not attacking the humans. So if the turtles thought about that, they could be going, hey, people would see us as monsters. Maybe we should see if they talk, because they do. Has anyone else caught the one swear word in the movie, and who says it? No. I haven't, I should say. No. The swear word is ass word, and it's said by the Jersey Devil when the refrigerator falls on him. Jersey Devil is voiced by none other than Billy West, who's like the main voice of Futurama. Yeah, and yeah. Doug, for the record. Brian. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Billy confirmed that's what he said when the fridge dropped on him. He gave them two choices, S or F, and they went with S. <laughs> that's probably an easy choice for a kids movie <laughs> i think that that's really funny because uh, it that you brought that up michelle because that was one of my favorite little trivia notes about this movie it was during the fight between the night watcher and the monster at the diner at one point the refrigerator falls on top of the monster and the music cuts out and the monster is heard making a whimpering noise this is actually a mistake in the soundtrack but when the filmmakers saw it they couldn't stop laughing and they left it in the movie that actually was the take that Billy gave them to get that S word in there. That's awesome. I talked to Billy personally about this. He he laughed that I actually caught it. But when I saw the movie 52 times in the theater, it gets to be boring. So I start <laughs> giving myself challenges like, okay, this time I'm going to time how long Donatello's on the screen. This time I'm going to time how long Splinter's on the screen. Splinter has the least amount of screen time. Casey Jones has more screen time than Donatello does. That's wow. not surprising from this watch. I felt like Donatello was the least utilized character. But he has the best scene, that, that IT scene. That's real life. I've sat in oh. the car 
for six hours with an IT guy doing a tech call, and it was just as irritating as what Don was going through. <laughs> I've uh, I've done my call center time. That was it. It hit different this time. I could have used more like Michelangelo and Donnie jokes. Like uh, that's 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 what I know. That's what I grew up with. And Mikey should have loved being a party turtle. He should have loved the birthday party job uh, because I did over 150 birthday parties as Michelangelo back in 1991 to 1993. I've actually done the gig, and I'll say it was the best job in my life. And bringing the smiles and joy to the kids that's something Mikey would have cherished. And doing Make-A-Wish was the best honor I could have ever done in my life. Oh, that's super cool. That's awesome. I was going to say, I, I don't really want to follow Make-A-Wish, though. But what's the Make-A-Wish segue, John? What's, uh... <laughs> well, I was going to say, so with the ending scene where they're putting the helmet up there. So this is a direct sequel to one through three. Is that what we're saying? That, I think, was because both of us script consultants, there was another guy, Andrew, and myself that did that, and both of us in our feedback to Warner Brothers said that, is this a continuation of the other movies? We're not sure. And then they added that to the end of the movie, I think, because we both poked at that. Good to have that information. Because I was like, there's the Scepter, you know, there's Shredder, there's the T uh, TCRI, right? But how did they get the samurai suits? That didn't travel the time with the turtles. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> you know, I got to say, too, because we brought up the Jersey Devil thing. Like, that was super cool. But also the fact that you got Jersey Devil super fan Kevin Smith to voice over the diner chef. Like, yes. That was yes. perfect. There couldn't have been a better person to, to get that. Well, they didn't utilize Lawrence Fishburne's narration more. It was just in the beginning. But it was perfect. Like I love. Oh, he did great. I loved yeah. it. I wanted more. But how could you want more when then you have Sir Patrick Stewart in the rest of the movie? Like they're just going to battle excellence throughout the entire runtime of the movie. You know the sad thing about that voice cast stuff is that they had voice actors come in and voice all of the stuff who thought that when they voiced it that they were those characters, and then when the voice cast got announced, they learned that oh, we've been replaced by names. And Aww. if you listen to the deleted scenes, Quentin uh, Flynn, who did Casey Jones, sounds just like what they did with Chris Evans. So there was no real reason other than a name to replace him. It's hard to talk of all about this movie, right, when we have two superstar guests. With that 100% in mind, we are going to go all the way around the horn. I'll start with Aaron. We'll then go to John and then Michelle. What was your favorite scene? I should say, like, the rap versus Leo Fikes. It's the most on paper the right answer to say honestly there is a small moment like when they first fight bigfoot and they, they're back in eating breakfast and splinter goes i'm gonna go watch my stories like hopefully hopefully donna breaks up with uh, carl or some or cody and there's a moment where the detective goes we interrupt this airing of gilmore girls and i'm like hell yeah gilmore girls exist in this universe which is the most dumbest most ridiculous thing your <laughs> movie, and I love it. I love I that love pick, Aaron. That is so good, dude. It's, it's great. That's so good. Oh. I'm, I'm ashamed to say mine. That is such a good reason for loving that. But I'll say mine because that's my job. Yeah, you, you got to, John. John, what was your favorite scene in TMNT? I say it in so many of our reviews, especially the TMNT reviews, but I love the throwaway lines, and I 
you know, I probably didn't like it as much as I do now because I, I have full dad joke ability as a dad. But when Winters flies and lands near the turtles, oh, it's Winters. And Mikey says, more like fall. <laughs> I lost it. I, I, I laughed. Out of, my son's like, what? Like, I'm like, ah, dude, I love Mikey and he'll take any situation and make a joke like it's it's like battle for new york here and he are in the world and he's just like more like fall i'm gonna have to go with the donatello tech scene i know we mentioned it before but as i said i was in the car with somebody for six hours doing a tech support phone call with the same guy over and over telling him the same thing over and over i had it memorized and that was in 2006. So shortly after that, the movie came out. And all I could do was relive that moment. I'm like, yes, Don, that is what tech support is. And I die laughing every time I watch that scene. It's maybe where the teenage part of the turtles kind of gets lost because they're working like menial jobs and things like that. It's the end of their teenagers. They beat the foot. They're older. This is, you know, a later story. But I also have a comment to make about everyone saying about mutant mayhem, making the turtles act like regular teenagers. When you are stressed, if you live in like a homeless situation, a situation with sick parents where the kids are the ones taking care of the parents, those kids grow up faster than a normal teenager. And the Ninja Turtles would be falling in that line. They've had to hide and stay silent their entire life. It was beaten into them as kids. So I think that most Ninja Turtles that we see from the 2003, the original 1990, the original cartoons, they act teenage enough for me. True, the Turtles would act like normal teenagers if they were going through a normal life. They could have the energy levels. Mikey's always had the energy levels. But at the same time, they're not normal teenagers, so we shouldn't be going, well, they don't act like regular teenagers, because they're not. I went through a life similar to what I feel they did. I was game beaten in school. I had 15 to 30 kids ganging up on me. I had to grow up faster than the normal teenager. I didn't know all the, the words that the kids were using in the school because I was the nerd hiding in the background. So I can understand and relate to the turtles because they did not act like the kids that used to bully me. That's a great point. And I think through our rewatch here, like we started this whole series with Mutant Mayhem and we talk about the teenage aspect and how we appreciated that. But as you know, I'm I'm pushing 40 over here and I, I, I've been rewatching these. I see it. I do see what you're talking about. I see that the other movies and the, and the TV shows, they did show that teenage side. It's just different than what 2023 teenagers you know, because and like you said, the grow they got to grow up fast. I mean, I've never lived in a sewer uh, so far. So, you so far. Have- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I found an old abandoned, you know, subway, that'd be a cool place to live. I've been there. I walked through that. I've actually touched that subway. I've been in the train video of it. Episode 15 of Cowabunga Corner. Because it was the same set for the live action TV show, which was number one for its time slot and children's programming while it was on the air, by the way. The next mutation? It was. Was it? I mean, I remember watching. I was in middle school and I you know, had to hide the fact that I was still watching Ninja Turtles, but I was. It was number one for its time slot and number one for children's programming. It was not the fans' decision to get rid of Ninja Turtles next mutation. It was the bond because they didn't get money for the merchandise. I was behind the scenes for the entire thing. That's so cool. Yeah, I for Next Mutation, 
it was cool to see them again. The inclusion of Venus was awesome for me. Like that was just a cool idea. Oh, sorry, Greg, your favorite scene. Yeah, thanks. Hey, yeah, I've been here this whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> My favorite scene was easily because I've always been such a huge Tony Hawk Pro Skater fan. Was the Michelangelo coming back into the sewers after his birthday party and just shredding the entire sewer? I thought that that was just so kick ass. Out of ten, I would rate this movie a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, Michelle, go ahead. Uh probably a seven. Probably a seven. Johnny. Yeah. Mine's seven for sure. That's how I felt watching it today. It was enjoyable. I loved watching it with my son, who hadn't. That was one of the only ones he hadn't seen yet, and that was really fun. But yeah, it's a seven. Aaron, bring us home. I'm going with five. I'm going to be the harsh critic here. I'm going with a five. I yeah. respect that. I totally do. I would rate it a seven, but I'll say, as this being my first viewing of this movie, I was impressed by it. I probably would have been harder if I had seen this movie before, but I didn't think it was bad, especially with the star power behind the voice. But I do get the five. Speaking of White Hunters, too, can we just shout out Mako as Splinter? And you're yes. just like, yes. Like, so good. So good. Thank you, like, Aaron. I love because that he did his little singing when he came into the kitchen. That was all ad lib by him. I miss him so much. Just bringing a levity, just bringing a like sincerity and wisdom, but also like a caring to the character and the voice. Michelle and Aaron, I can't thank you guys enough for agreeing to do this podcast. Um, we will have to have both of you back at some point because you've been just great guests. But Johnny, let's go ahead to you and do a terrible, terrible outro that, like, that I absolutely love. I have run out of ideas, but we're going to roll on up out of here and TMNT time this later and film hopefully a better i can't do it. i i'm terrible at this oh my gosh but yes but it was perfect it was great but yes yeah, guys, we'll, more we'll turtle movies to come and i i can't I, i'm just i'm so pumped i agree but yeah guys we will see you next week we will be doing the first of the michael bay installment but yeah we will see you next week aaron michelle thank you again uh we will definitely see you soon Bye.